Hi, I'm Anderson Silver, author of the books Your User's Manual and Volume 2, Your Duality Within. Life is difficult, isn't it? And in today's hyper-connected modern day, it just seems like it's harder than ever before, doesn't it? Well, I'm here to tell you it really doesn't have to be that way. With a little help and guidance from ancient Stoic philosophers, you really can attain an anxiety-free and purposeful life. How do I know? Thanks to Stoicism, I'm one such person who turned his life around, and I'm here to share some of that ancient wisdom with you. Welcome to Stoicism for a Better Life. Hello there, dear listeners. So, this is a first. I got a voicemail from one of you. <laughs> to be all the way real with you guys, I didn't even know this was something that could happen. The other day, I got a notification from my Anchor account, and lo and behold, I have a question from a listener in my voicemail inbox. Now, I love interacting with my followers and readers and listeners, so when I saw this, I knew that even though Season 2 is not yet ready for recording or release, I had to take a moment to answer the question. I mean, another way in which to interact with you and discuss a topic and spread some knowledge is A-OK -okay in my books. Before I get into the answer, of course, here's the voicemail I got. You'll note that at the end it gets cut off, but that's not something I did on my end. The voicemail appears to have been capped off at one minute, but we get the gist of the question. So, here we go. I am new to your Stoicism podcast and learning quite a lot. I've had a rough two years on your judgment and reality and Shakespeare saying that nothing is good is bad, it's only thinking it that makes it so. I wonder how that works when something, when morals and moral courage and values and virtue are all combined into one's life, that inherently the Ten Commandments, and I know these are all human uh, dictates, but I just don't know how you cannot identify something as morally bad um, and not have a judgment on something that is morally wrong. Um, I'd appreciate um, some feedback on this because I struggle with this of trying. First off, thank you for your question, Debbie. For starters, You've introduced me to a whole new form of interacting with my listeners. More importantly, however, you point out a very good question. And the answer will be both surprising and kind of a letdown. <laughs> Let's just get into it. It'll all make sense in a few minutes. Communication is a wonderful thing. It is a form of data transfer that is efficient and effective beyond any other that we know of. Even as we try and develop AI that has computational capacities far beyond what we humans can do, our interaction with them, that is, asking it questions and getting answers, is still limited to the communication we can have with the AI source themselves. In fact, the next great leap in smartphone technology is not going to be on the hardware or software side of things. The biggest barrier and the next hurdle to overcome is going to be regarding the interaction we have with our cell phones. No matter how fast our devices get, 
whether it be cellular phones, computers, PC, whatever, the speed at which we can browse and absorb information is limited to our capacity to communicate with the devices we own. In other words, the devices we own are already much faster at gathering the data that we want than we are at absorbing them. This is an exciting area of research that has many Black Mirror type scenarios. For those of you who don't know, Black Mirror is a show on Netflix that tackles a lot of these what can go wrong when technology goes wrong or uh, it explores the dark side of technology, if you will. It can get creepy, but the whole technology behind interfacing with AI is really exciting. If this type of topic interests you, check out what Elon Musk is doing with one of his bajillion companies called Neuralink. This will give you an idea of what's already out there and how close we are to some real sci-fi type stuff where the internet becomes part of us or, more insidiously, we become part of the internet. But as I always do, I digress. Let me get back to us humans. So if you've read my second book, Your Duality Within, you'll recall that I spent some time talking about communication and how Homo sapiens' communication capacities are what gave our ancestors the competitive advantage over other human species. You'll recall that when our ancestors first met the Neanderthals in the Arabian Peninsula, they were soundly beaten and retreated back to Southeast Africa. Only on the second march north was Homo sapiens able to beat the physically superior human species that were competing for the same resources. And today, most anthropologists agree that this was not due to fire or tools, as all human species at that time had pretty much similar tools, and fire, well, fire was domesticated long before our Homo sapien ancestors even evolved. So the advantage that our sapien ancestors had over other human species was communication. Through better communication, Homo sapiens were able to arrange larger hunting or fighting groups. So we beat out, quote-unquote, the competition, not through strength or technology, but through sheer numbers. Fast forward through time and we invent the written word, which means now not only can we communicate better with our contemporaries, but we can send information through time to our future descendants and to posterity. Think about, think about what an amazing and powerful tool communication really is. I mean, we chat, talk, and converse, and we take it all for granted. But when you look at what communication actually does and look at the sheer volume and numbers, our capacity for communication is nothing short of a miraculous tool. If you've read my articles, books, and listened to the podcast series, you would have literally taken in terabytes of information from my brain into yours. Think about that. That's pretty humbling. That's pretty cool. So, what does all this have to do with Debbie's question of how I can reconcile nothing being good or bad with moral good or bad? Simple. I can't. <laughs> Let me explain. Our communication, you and I, is already pretty limited. It is a mostly one-way dump of information through the microphone, 
then through the digital world and into your listening ear. And what we're discussing here is philosophy for life, which could technically be a lifelong conversation. Yet I only speak into the microphone for five to 10 minutes at a time. So I can't possibly fit everything I want to say into one episode. I must pick and choose what I want to say. And as I pick and choose, I use this communication tool we call the English language that is a common interface we all share. And even though the English language is vast, most words have multiple meanings. And a context can further change what a word means to say. So when I quote Shakespeare or the ancient Stoic guides in saying, nothing can possibly be good or bad, only our opinions of them make it so. I don't specify that since our opinions make it good or bad or neutral, de facto our opinions are independent of what I qualify as things in that sentence. In other words, when we say nothing is good or bad, this doesn't include our opinions or judgments. External things cannot be good or bad because they're not in our control. But our morality, our decisions, judgments, opinions, etc., can all be good or bad, of course, because those are in our control. Let's not forget what the ancient Stoics teach us. The only thing that can be good or bad is your internal judgments and decisions for actions. Why? Because they are the only things you have 100% control over as far as their outcome is concerned. So, Debbie, I hope this answers your question and makes things a little clearer for the listeners. You are right. Morality and moral good is a thing. Whenever we say nothing is good or bad, we're always referring to externals. This whole thing is a very interesting topic. And, in fact, it is a big part of the third book I'm currently writing. So, thank you for bringing it up, Debbie. I appreciate your question. And you know what? Hit me back up on Twitter, Reddit, or uh, leave me another voicemail. Let me know if I answered your question fully. It is only through questions and discussions and conversations that we can further clarify ideas within ourselves, amongst ourselves, and together as a species. Communication is a powerful tool, but it is still very limited. So we must strive to clarify ideas through quantity, as in continuing to talk about something rationally, intelligently, and logically. To that end, remember you guys, you can always reach out to me on social media. My email, the anchor voice message if you want to leave that, all can be found on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Silver. Let's catch up, discuss, and help each other improve on our respective journeys. We truly are in it together. So, Let's work together. I'll talk to you guys soon. Remember, virtue is not about perfection, but about trying your best. No matter how big or small that effort might be, just keep working on improving yourself, and by definition, you will be virtuous. Check out my articles and other podcasts. Hey, they just might help you on your journey of self-improvement. You can access them all on patreon.com slash Silver. Follow the page to receive notifications of all my new content, and all of this is absolutely free, of course. I wish you all a productive and tranquil week, and remember, 
We're all in it together and we're all rooting for each other.